Good morning, Lyak. Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Ray Vijegas, missionary with Young Life, regional director of Young Life QBS region. QBS stands for Queens, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. And that is the area that I'm responsible for leading. We have an incredible team of staff that I, I get to lead. We have 20 uh, staff members. Right now we have 86 volunteers who are on mission with us in Queens, in Brooklyn, and in Staten Island, introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. If you're from New York City, uh, I'd love to just share with you the 11 communities that we're in. We're in Astoria, Queens, Woodside, Queens, Left Rack City, Queens, Queens Village, and Jamaica, Queens. And then in Brooklyn, we're in Bushwick, Park Slope, Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights, Bensonhurst, and on Staten Island, we're in Mariner's Harbor. All of that because of partners like you that help us to bring the gospel. We want to be in 24 communities by September of 2022. We currently have relationships in these three boroughs with 1,369 students. We want to reach 7,400 by next September. Um, and by 2026, we want to be in all 35 neighborhoods that make up these three boroughs, reaching 12,000 students. So I'm so grateful to be here with you all today. I'm grateful that you have partnered with us. With us. And I'm excited to share the word of God because I, I believe after celebrating uh, the passion of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, as we look forward, um, this is a great moment for recalibration. And today's message is titled, Level Up. Level Up. And I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, but before I do that, let me pray. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much that you are a God who calls us to greater things. You are a God who who calls us to um, whatever we do, it to work at it with all of our hearts, um, to do it as doing it unto you, to live our lives in such a way um, that we're, we're giving our best because you are a God of standards. You're a God who calls us to greatness. You are great yourself. And so it's a privilege um, to be gathered today uh, virtually, wherever we may be, to hear your word. I pray now, Lord, um, for brothers and sisters who are hearing this message that, Lord, you would encourage them through your word and through my message. Uh, for those who don't know you yet in a personal way, I pray, Lord, that they would be drawn to you through this message, that, Lord, perhaps after hearing this message, they would say, I want relationship with Jesus and, and be saved I pray, Lord, that you would do that, you would build us up, that everyone who hears this would, um, would be strengthened by this message. And Lord, I ask this, that it be done through your Holy Spirit for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today's message is called Level Up, and uh, Level Up is, it's, it's a slang term that people will say that really means, it means to make a move in your life for the better. So level up means to make a move in your life for better. It could be in your career. 
It could be, you know, in, 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 a, in a sport that you're involved with, it's time to level up. It's time to, to, to increase, to get better at something. And uh, Jesus was, is a leader who demonstrated for us this, this, this idea of leveling up in a way that is counterintuitive to who we are naturally. And, but he, he, he is a God who um, you'll learn, and some of you know already, he is at the highest level. And what I'm hoping to do today is to remind us of how his approach to leveling up looked like, what it looked like. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, I am a competitive person. Uh, I'm wired that way, whether it's sports, if it's a, a board game, whatever it is, I, I want to achieve greatness in it. And I often need to recalibrate my understanding of what greatness is. And as we have just celebrated, most of us have celebrated the resurrection of Christ, this, this amazing uh, climax of what, what Jesus accomplished for us through his suffering on the cross and his resurrection. It is an appropriate time for us to recalibrate as we look ahead for this next year until next Easter. It's appropriate for us to be renewed in our thinking on what it means to level up, what it means to achieve greatness. And my hope is that in these next few minutes, as we look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, I want to provide us with three ways that we can level up. And they're really attitudes of our hearts. So if you will, if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians 2. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version Philippians 2, beginning at verse 1, it says this. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, Having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Well, I believe God is calling us in this scripture to level up. It says here, um, one version in the message, the first four verses, it, it, it phrases it this way. It says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. The writer, Paul, was writing to a church, and he was calling them to level up. He was calling them to a greatness that was exemplified, that was modeled by Jesus Christ himself. And coming out of Easter, this is such a perfect time to recalibrate what that means and to be reminded of what that means for us, having seen his example and now wanting to follow his example. What shall we do? Well, I believe in this passage, as we look at it closely, there are at least three ways that we can level up in this life, in this next year, in this week, in this next quarter. If you're, if you're someone who likes to think and strategize, I'm, I'm going to equip us with uh, some insight that could really be a game changer for us experiencing more of what God has for us. Looking at this passage, I think the first thing that we can notice in Christ's example is, is found in verse 3. It says, Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others above yourself. So the first, the first way, brothers and sisters, that we can level up is through an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. If you, want to, if you want to achieve greatness, you want to level up in your life, it's counterintuitive. And in Jesus, we see his way to go up was to go down and was to humble himself. But what does humility mean? Let me unpack that for a moment. Humility is, is, is a posture. It's an attitude uh, regarding yourself. It's, it's, it's understanding who you truly are. It's an accurate view of yourself, modest, not given to exaggeration of who you are, but really understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, knowing your lane and what is not your lane. Um, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the attitude of knowing that you too have areas in your life that are unrefined, that are um, out of line, and it's a whole approach that when you uh, interact with people, there is this understanding of, of who you are, and there is a, a respect for others. Um, Jesus exemplified this in that he modeled, um, though he was God, we see Jesus modeling humility in the way that he approached people, in the way that um, he was kind to people in the way that he 
he did things for people that, that demonstrated their value, right? Like when he, um, when he washed his disciples' feet, when he served people. I mean, there's so many examples of scripture of Jesus, though being God, didn't think it beneath him to help others. And by doing so, demonstrated other people's value. And um, I think of people in my life who have exhibited humility. One of them um, was a dear friend and mentor of mine, Carl Johnson. Um, Carl Johnson, Reverend Dr. Carl Johnson, um, he passed away last, last year. But Carl was a good friend for many years. And Carl, he was our first board member um, in Young Life for, for my region. And I remember when uh, his, he had cancer, when his cancer uh, progressed, and there came a point in, in, his, um, in his journey where I remember he pulled me aside and he said, you know, Ray, I think this is now time for me to step aside in this board chair role and allow someone else, and he, he had a recommendation but Carl was a man, that was, that was true of Carl. He was just always aware of, of the realities of his life, his weaknesses, his strengths, what he could do, what he couldn't do. <clears throat> and he, he, he lived that out in, in such a beautiful way. There are, there are different attributes of humility that I just want to focus on for a moment. Um, I want to give you six, six attributes of humility. One is a person who is humble acknowledges they don't have it all together. They're a person who can easily admit their life isn't perfect. Um, secondly, they know the difference between confidence and pride. There's nothing wrong with being confident, but there is something wrong with being prideful, being arrogant, overly confident. It's exaggerated. They seek to value others. Someone who is humble is looking for the good in others. They're not constantly criticizing others, tearing others down, but rather finding the good in others, finding what's great in others. And they have no, no problem sharing that with them. People who are humble take responsibility for their actions. They also understand the shadow side of, of success, people who are humble and and lastly, number six, people who are humble are filled with gratitude for what they have. Those are six, um, six attributes of humility. Now, there are different kinds of humility, too. And, and I read this recently. One person said that there are four types of humility. One is natural humility. That would be someone who just naturally their disposition is to serve, their disposition is to sit, to listen to people, to care for others. For those people, they're blessed with a disposition to, to, to walk in humility. There's also humbled humility. And humbled humility is, is typically born from a major humbling event in your life. For example, um, getting fired, losing your job. That's that's a humbling event that can really impact you. Or, for example, having a spouse file for divorce or, or making costly mistakes that rock your world. That's humbled humility where we as a person, we, we change and our perspective changes because of that experience. 
Then there's contrived humility. We've, we've come across people who, they use humili- humility in a manipulative way. It's not genuine, it's, it's fabricated, and it's usually short-lived, and everyone knows that's not truly who they are. And then there's this fourth humility, which I really want to encourage us to consider today, and that is intentional humility. It's a humility that requires we acknowledge our tendency to be self-centered, arrogant, impatient, and it's owning who we are and putting specific strategies in place uh, to behave more humbly. This may mean uh, publicly admitting weakness, asking others for support as you work to improve. Um, For some, it may mean scheduling time to get to know others better. Uh, It may mean setting aside time each week to contact someone that has helped you. That's intentional humility. And Jesus Christ, he exemplified this beautifully. And he calls us, he's inviting us in this this week, in this month, in this quarter, in this year. He's calling us to level up through an attitude of humility. Next, we see in this scripture, Philippians 2, verse 7. We can level up through an attitude of service. Philippians 2, verse 7 says, But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. In Galatians, uh, chapters 5, 13 to 14, it says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. See, something that I love about Jesus in his counterintuitive way of leveling up, he demonstrates a humility and he demonstrates this attitude of service in how he lived his life and how he approached his mission to love others. He demonstrates this. This makes me think about um, this idea of service. You know, our God is a God who uh, was humble enough to, to come to serve us. And I think of examples like I remember when I lived in the upstate New York area for, for a season, um, there was a big Walmart store that we would go shopping at. And one of the things that I appreciated about the Walmart store is that the, those that worked at Walmart, they wore vests. And on the vest, on the back of it, in white letters, in very bold lettering, it said, how may I help you? It was, it was Walmart's approach of serving customers without us initiating, but them taking the initiative to, to serve. And, and in so doing, God is calling us to have that same attitude. Think about this for a minute. Think about Jesus and his approach to service. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son while we were sinners. So did we deserve great service? No. But because God loves us so much, he wanted to serve us, and so he gave us Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. John chapter 1 in in the message translation. Um, And then throughout the gospel, we see Jesus 
serving um, at the wedding. He turns water into wine. He serves that party, those, those, that couple getting married, his mom. We see on the, on the hillside the feeding of the 5,000, taking care of the needs. We see him healing the blind, healing the, the, the lepers, serving, pouring out himself in service. Even so, we see him going to the cross while we were sinners to serve us. If you look in the Gospels, you, this should be fresh to us all as we celebrated Easter recently, Resurrection Sunday. We see Jesus even on the cross where one of the criminals is ridiculing Jesus and saying, yo, what's up? Save us from this pain, this torment. If you're the Messiah, save us and save yourself. And the other criminal rebukes that criminal and says, hey, don't you see we deserve being on these crosses because of the things we had done, that's humility. That's, that's that other criminal understood rightly that they deserved the punishment, but also understood that Jesus didn't. And even there on the cross, Jesus, in such beauty, he says to that criminal who was humble, he says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Encouraging, offering that, that criminal um, words of encouragement, words of assurance. Even still on the cross, it says in John chapter 19, there's this moment where Jesus' mother is by the cross and the apostle or disciple John is there and he turns to, uh, to John and to the mom and he says, woman, here is your son and, 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 and son, here is your mother. And basically delegating, making sure that even in this, this painful, torturous, agonizing moment of his life, he's thinking about his mother. He's thinking about caring for her. He was the ultimate example of service. And he's calling us. He did that to demonstrate to us that if we're going to be great, we must have an attitude of service. So to level up, we have to level up through an attitude of humility. We have to level up through an attitude of service. And then lastly, we level up through an attitude of obedience. It says here in the scripture, your attitude should be that as the same of Jesus Christ, verse 5, who being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, I think what God is saying to us, church, he's saying... Um, my love language is obedience. Uh, there's this book called The Five Love Languages that my wife Sarah and I, we've, we've read and we've, we've used to help us understand how best to communicate to one another. And there are these five uh, languages, basically, that you know, couples use as a way of conveying love. There's um, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, 
um, words of encouragement. These are all languages, so to speak, of how to convey love. Well, in the scripture, one of the ways that God receives love is through obedience. It says in the scripture in in John, um, whoever has my commands and obeys them or keeps them, he or she is the one who loves me. And um, he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Obedience is God's love language. Now, obedience is really important for us uh, as God's sons and daughters because if we're going to truly be great and, and achieve the greatness that God created us for, we have to do it with an attitude of obedience. Now, here, here's the temptation. The temptation is to say, yes, I want to be obedient, but not really follow through with what God calls us to. And I want to remind us that there, there, there is a distinction, and God, he, there's this moment in, in, in the Bible, there's a parable where um, there's the parable of the two sons where Jesus tells this story, and he says... Um, there was a father who had two sons, and he asked his first son to go out and work in the field. And the son said, yes, I will, but then didn't follow through and work in the field. And then he went to the second son, and he said to him, go work in the field. And the son said, no, I will not. Verbally, they were not obedient. But it says that he then later went and did as the father asked him, and that Jesus asked the question in the parable, which son did what the father asked, which was better? And it wasn't, it wasn't the son who gave verbal obedience. It was the son who actually followed through with action. And God is calling us to, to not just be humble and not just to be service-oriented, but to be obedient. He has wisdom for us. He has a way of navigating life that will lead us to the more abundant life, it says in John 10.10. But the way there is through obedience. And it's through having this, this attitude of, Lord, God, I may not know how to be obedient. I may feel too weak to be obedient, but I'm willing and I want my actions to follow through. You know something? Obedience was difficult even for Jesus. There's a moment in the garden where he's wrestling with what's about to happen, what he has to do next. And he goes to God and he very honestly, very vulnerably says, Father, if there is a way for this to pass, if there is another way that this work could be accomplished, make a way. But he just doesn't end there. And then he goes on to say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And in so doing, he gives us the example. He gives us the example of, yes, obedience is not easy. And there will be moments where we know this is, we don't want to do this. Nevertheless, we still ask God for the strength and the help to do what we know God wants us to do.
And so as we, as we consider today what God is inviting us to do, to level up, to go about this next day perhaps, next week perhaps, next month, quarter, year, in a way that we can level up, we can, we can grow in greatness, the greatness God has for us. I want to remind us, again, of these three attitudes as a pathway to level up. Number one, an attitude of humility. Number two, an attitude of service. And number three, an attitude of obedience. And so, as we conclude this message, I want to encourage us to take time to do an assessment. Maybe it's, it's by yourself with your journal. Maybe it's just a mental thing you do. Or you, you bring someone into the picture, someone you trust, someone you love, and, and you ask them, hey, can I ask you, you know, a few questions? And do you see me as a humble person or are there areas in my life where you think I can grow in humility? Um, you take an assessment. We take an assessment and look at how are we doing in service to others? Are we more focused on ourselves or are we thinking about others? Are we thinking about those closest to us in our spheres of influence, whether it's a spouse, a child, um, a, a, a roommate, um, a neighbor? Are we creating space to be a person of service to them, that they feel like we're, we, we have an open door and that he can come and ask us? Or are we just going from one thing to the next with no margin, just trying to get things done because we're focused on doing what we want to do and not allowing space in our lives to give and to serve others? Is there an area of our lives that we know God has been calling us to do something and we're struggling with obedience and we're just waiting and prolonging it. And, and perhaps um, there's someone listening to this that um, God is calling you to, to a new season in your life. It could be a job. It could be a move. And um, you just, you've been hesitant because you don't understand. There's too many uncertainties. And God is saying, will you, will you trust me and obey? And will you see what I have for you that's greater than what you could ever ask or imagine? Perhaps there's an area in our life that we know we're struggling to obey God in and we need help. We need someone that we can confide in and we can invite to come alongside of us in our journey to help us grow in our character. I say all of this to say not that we need to do these things to, to be right with God, because the way to be right with God has been already accomplished for us. That's when Jesus said, it is finished. He had accomplished that for us. But rather, this is God inviting us because he loves you and I, because he's serving us by giving us this word and saying, level up. I want to see you um, achieve even more of what I've planned for your life. He's saying, do it through humility. Do it through service. Do it through obedience and watch me do above and beyond what you can ask or think. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your word that you are a God who loves us and that your love isn't in word alone, but it was followed through 
with action as we see Jesus living his life, giving his life, being raised to life, and even now him praying for us and serving us. Lord, may we be encouraged today to trust that you love us, that you wouldn't call us to something that you yourself do not contain in your own character, humility, service. And Lord, I pray that we would call on you for help where we need help, that we would move closer to you. I pray for anyone who feels like they're too far from you, that they've done too many bad things, that they've, their, their, their lives are too messy. May they be encouraged to call on you and to ask for your help, to ask for even salvation and being right, made right with you in relationship. Lord, strengthen us that this, this year, this quarter, this month, this, this week, even this next day, we would be people who are seeking to walk in humility and service and obedience for your glory, dear God. We ask this in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Thank you all. So glad to be with you. God bless you.